episode 29 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett G. Buff. And we're going to be talking about uh, the late stages of round one. We now know, of course, who's facing off in round two. And we'll talk about round two as well, including uh, the first postseason coaching casualty and uh, who is more than likely going to take a run at him. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll give his name away in a bit. Also, the NHL lottery has been unveiled. We know who's picking first overall. Um, and we gave our predictions as to who was drafting one, two, three. We'll see how right we were on that. And also a bunch of trophy nominations and a potential return of Alexander Radulov to the NHL. We'll see. We'll uh, chime in on that as well. First off, shout outs to all players past and present in the NHL who wore number 29. Uh, in 1983, the Sabres, Dave Andrichuk, believe it or not, wore number 29. Um, Alex Ald for a time, uh, and by a time I mean one year, wore number 29, uh, split with the Bruins and Coyotes. Um, and there are a lot of goalies who wore number 29. Marc-Andre Fleury comes to mind. The great Ken Dryden comes to mind. Felix the Cat Potbank comes to mind. Uh, even Ray O'Bara, when he was in Calgary, wore number 29 for a brief period of time. But a couple of players also did. Brian Bickle, uh, Dan Boyle in 02 with the Lightning. Um just scrolling down the list here, um, there, there, are, there are a bunch of individuals. Ryan Clough, who unfortunately uh, probably won't play again, uh, wore number 29 with the Rangers, Sharks, and Devils. Uh, Ty Conklin, uh, one of the best goaltenders in uh, the NHL's Winter Classic history, wore number 29 as well. Uh, not just with one team, but several. And uh, maybe a future... A stud for the Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl, has worn number 29 uh, in his two years with the Edmonton Oilers. And I probably uh, missed a lot of names in the process, uh, but to all those past and present who wore number 29, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. So round two is underway. Um, first, how you can get a hold of us on social media. Oh yeah, good point. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, um, that was good. You called me out on that. Uh, no, I. So yeah, Facebook. We have lace them podcast. Tw- well, that's the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, Laysom Podcast. Twitter, Laysom Podcast. Podcast. Right, the Facebook yeah. is Laysom Up. Um, rate us five on iTunes. Uh, we don't make this many fumbles uh, early on. Uh, trust us. But yeah, rate us on iTunes. Um, it's how we get some recognition. And if you want to uh, cr- uh, criticize us on said fumbles or just want to ask us a hockey-related question, yeah. email laceupbag at gmail.com. Nice yep. segue. Yeah, there, there we go. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So uh, iTunes. Yeah. yeah, we got that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, round two is uh, starting again. So we can uh, – we can. Well, I think what we'll do is I'll, we'll go with the Eastern Conference and then we'll talk about the Western Conference matchups. Um, because okay. it seems like since there's four game, you know, four series now, we can 
kind of talk about each one without worrying about time so much. Um, so the Eastern Conference, uh, the and then and then in the way we'll talk about the eliminated teams that we missed. Um, so uh, so speaking of which, the Panthers are eliminated, which means the Islanders are into the next round, and they played the Lightning. It's now one one in that series. Um, of course, this is a belated round two preview where the you know all the series are underway right now, but um, but we'll still talk about them. Um, we'll still uh, answer them. So yeah, the Islanders and the Lightning are into round two. They played yesterday. It's one one each. Um, they're going to New York. I forget. I think are going to Brooklyn. Um, now, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we all knew that the Panthers were inexperienced, but, um, in the playoffs, but we, I thought at least that they would, you know, at least beat the Islanders. Um, I think a lot of people did too, but, um, I really feel for Florida, especially yeah. when you look at game six and where they were that close to forcing game seven. Yeah. yeah. They were a minute away and Luongo makes a big save, and the puck is just sitting there. And all Tavares has to do is just casually pick it out when no one's looking and just tap it in. Like, that's how the time goal yeah. happens. And then Tavares clutch in overtime with a nice goal uh, in double OT. Like, that, that, that's just heartbreaking if you're a Florida Panthers fan. No, I agree. It, that, that was that's a true. serious, like, anything and especially seven on home ice, too. Yeah. Especially since there was that, like, trip right before that tying goal. Um, I don't know if yeah. you saw it. There was, like, the, like a huge trip, so... And they, and they had an empty net, yeah. too. Yeah, and there was an empty net, too. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, yeah, so the Panthers, it wasn't... Uh, they did, The Islanders didn't win um, in, like, a clean way, but... Um, they did advance. They did deserve it. John Tavares has stepped up to another level, it seems. Um, but uh, and then and then they beat the uh, Lightning in the next game. Um, in game one, um, I think it was mostly. I think it had to do mostly with the Lightning hadn't played since like in a week, and the Islanders that were more, um, you know, ready. Um. So yeah, I think that attributed to it a lot. Um, I don't know. I'm not too worried about the lightning, honestly. Neither am I. Um, because because if you saw if you saw the last game, they kind of like yeah. dominated like the entire game. So the one thing that I think the lightning need to be concerned about is how many penalties that they take, and and there were some wishy washy yeah. calls in game two, and that was. I'm not quite sure if they're wishy-washy calls because I was listening to Lightning broadcast on radio, and it's called Lightning Radio for a reason because we all <laughs> know uh, what side they're watching more when you hear a, a dumb penalty call against Tampa. You hear Phil Esposito, and he's like, how is that elbowing? Right. I can't see an elbow there. Like, <laughs> That's so funny. It's pretty <laughs> obvious like, who they're signing with. But, right. Uh, from from what I heard, there were there – there are a couple of iffy calls going both ways. Uh, but either way, the Islanders were getting chances on the power play, and they were getting a lot of chances on the power play in game one, if I'm not mistaken, too. And 
you look at Ben Bishop's numbers against the rest of the league compared to the New York Islanders, like 38-20 and something, a goals against average under two, the rest of the league. One and three with a GAA of roughly five. Right. Uh, well. And he was pulled in his final start against the Islanders in the regular season, and he was pulled in game one. Yeah. But he came back, though. Score twice. He came back, though, yesterday. He um. did, yes. So that's that's definitely calming some of the nerves. But you, you, you look at uh, Bishop's success against the Islanders this year, or lack thereof, True. And, and that's that's enough to, I think, give the Islanders some hope. You know, hey, maybe we can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning here. Yeah, that's at good point. At least point make it a six or seven game series. Yeah. And they were they were able to they were able to get into his head in, in game one. Give credit to the Islanders; they were able to take advantage of the chances that they got. Um, but Tampa, like like you said, great teams know how to respond. They responded in game two. They were able yeah. to take advantage of the chances that they got. They outshot the Islanders as well. Um, uh, Bishop only had to face, I think, 20 shots in that game. In Something game like two. that, yeah. So that that's definitely making it easier on him to uh, to deliver. Uh, but I think the more they, the less they rely on Bishop, I think the better chance you have if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning to advance. And apparently... Uh, well, even with like, Bishop, they, they, though, they played the Islanders in 04 in the playoffs, which I did not realize. Even so it first time they played the Islanders in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I didn't know that either. Even with Bishop, though, there's still um, there's still a uh, good, you know, there's like Bishop's one of the best players, and we'll get to that in a second, considering you know he's nominated for the Vezina. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's been good too. So even if they do rely on Bishop. That's not a bad thing either. Yeah, uh, and, and and they've got the firepower, no question. Johnson and Kucherov continue to roll. Drewing finally got his first of the playoffs as well. So uh, you know now that you know that he's going and and Stamkos not expected to play in this series. Obviously, uh, they've already announced that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're 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 relying with they're relying on. You know the other guys not named Steven Stamkos to step up. True. And yeah, and that's the other thing too. Yeah, they don't have Steven Stamkos, so um, they have to do. You know, they have to score in other ways. But they they did that last year, uh, last playoffs when Stamkos wasn't playing as well, and all of a sudden they you know they they went to the finals. So um, now yeah. now going back uh, to to the Islanders series yeah. against Florida. Sure. Uh, Yarmir Yager held goalless without a goal, no goal mm. scored this playoffs. Do you think that's the last we've seen of him, or does he come back for another year? Um, I find I find it hard to like see the league without Yarmir Yager. I know he had like a couple of years where he was at the in the KHL. Yeah, but I still like even still, I find it so weird. Like if he just retires, um, I don't know if I think it might be his last year. On Florida, but I don't know if it's his last year in the NHL. Um, well, given, given I think so. I think some team, well, some team is going to give him another chance. Yeah, I, I think I think he's going to stay in Florida because you look at the okay. team they have. They 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 have. Oh, that's possible too. I guess <laughs> they have a bunch of assets, and I don't think he wants his time in Florida end like that. I, right. I think he was. Ex- I think he was hoping for better, especially when they were making those moves at the deadline. So I think if he if he does re-sign with Florida, it'll be for one more year. I, I think he's at the stage where one-year deals are the way to go until his, right. his body tells him, you can't do this anymore. And 
I think that's the only way he retires is when his body says you're done. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I I don't know if he because as you know he tends to roam around the league, so um, he could. I I think he doesn't go to Florida. I think he goes to another team. But I think it all depends, maybe on you know what what uh, what the status is of their of their up and coming players like Lawson Krause and right. are do you think they can make the team next year? If they think they need some more development and they can uh, keep Yager around uh, for a little bit and they can afford to do so, I don't see why not. True, but. Um, I, again, it, it it all depends on you know who they have to resign and who they think they can resign, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. yeah. All right. Let's go to the uh, next, the other Eastern Conference uh, round uh, or series. Uh, the Penguins and Capitals. This is. I don't know if you watched yesterday. Um, yeah. This was that. That was probably like really exciting. It was like. It felt like a Eastern Conference Finals or even Stanley Cup Final level. Like it was definitely playoff hockey. Um, yeah, so the, Matt Murray uh, looked really good. Like he outperformed Holtby, which is impressive. Um, I didn't think the Penguins are my Stanley Cup pick, but I didn't think Murray would be the guy to like stand on his head, kind of. No. Um, so that's been impressive. Um, Crosby, uh, Malkin's uh, been pretty good. Crosby hasn't been um, his himself lately yet, but Malkin's been pretty good. Yeah, I think that's the surprising thing about the Penguins is that they have so much depth that they don't even need Malkin and Crosby. Like Haglin scored um, yesterday. Uh, they had made a great play in Game One. Yeah, they had. Um, they had someone else who scored. Um, <laughs> I know this is Haglin. great journalism. Haglin and um, who was the Eric other guy? Fair, Eric, Eric Fair, Fair former yeah. capital score the winner. Yeah, uh, Eric Fair. Um, you know, so their Benino has been good. Um, so they've, uh, you know, they've they've scored. They don't necessarily need Malkin and Crosby to do their bidding or Kessel even. Um, so I think that's been the most, that's been the takeaway. Uh, game one, Oshie had a hat trick, uh, and the game winning in overtime. Um, although I felt like the Penguins outperformed Washington in game one, even. You look at the shot clock in both games and they outshot in both games by a wide margin in game two. Like it was like, they were out shooting them like 20 to 6, 20 percent in the early stages of the second period in, in game, uh. In game number two, so Holtby's been getting a lot of, of work in, in the Capitals' right. net, but Matt Murray, when he's been called upon, he's been great. Yeah, I think that's worrisome for for Capitals, for the Capitals, is yeah. just the whole shot clock thing and just being out outperformed. Yeah, Holtby has, is the best goaltender, um, which we'll also get into... A little later, he'll probably he'll probably win the Vezina, but the whole like you know he need he needs to step up and actually you know prove that he's the best goaltender in the game right now. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking. For, this is of all the four series that are out right now. This is the this is the series I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, not I just because series that's going seven. Yeah, I, I think it's going seven. I can see that. Five games, six games at the least. But yeah, I, I think we're all hoping it goes seven. Yeah, I could see it goes seven, and I think I mean it's kind of like. It's interesting too because it's Washington's never really, you know, never really makes it into the finals. You know, it doesn't really do well in the playoffs. Um, and then the Penguins, you know, they do, um, they do kind of. They haven't been in, the, you know, the Stanley Cup finals or even the Eastern Conference finals in a while. Um, so it's like, and you know, the I feel like both these teams could beat the Lightning or the um, the Islanders in the next round. Washington, I think, could. Pittsburgh, they might give them a good run for their money, but... I don't know. They, Pittsburgh's they, they been... They could get it done. They could. Pittsburgh's been playing pretty good defense. I think yeah. I think that's, like, that's been the question mark, and I think they've been proving it so far. Um, and and it, it is interesting, too. Like, let, let's say Fleury is 100% healthy. With the way that Matt Murray's playing, do you put in Murray or do you put in Flurry? Well, you you look at what the Carolina Hurricanes in 2006. We mentioned yep. this playoff run a bunch of times. Cam Ward was playing out of his mind when Gerber was should have known we're going this so way. Games one and two, yeah. they they didn't they went with him and they didn't turn back. Right, they won the cup. Roll with the hot hand. Until he loses and until he looks vulnerable, you roll with Matt Murray. Yeah, I could see that. Um, yeah, it just depends on when, um, when he doesn't get hot. Um, and and that's that's the one concern I have with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Is, yeah. And and also Oli Mata, like he was shaken up yesterday and he left. Yeah, the yeah. Game. With that Brooks Orpic hit. Yeah, and you look at the amount of ice time that he's logged, and you Former look at the decor, and 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 you really start to to ponder the questions, you know. What yeah. happens if the Capitals really start out playing the Penguins on the shot clock and getting pucks to the net and doing everything they can to expose their defense? How are they going to hold up? Yeah. And that's why I still give the Caps the edge in this series for that reason, is the fear of the unknown. If the wheels fall off, uh, how do the Penguins respond? So, yeah, speaking of Olimata, that um, that hit that he uh, Brooks Orpic had, he gets... Um, it just uh, it was just reported that he's getting he'll have a phone hearing mm-hmm. with Brooks Horpik, uh for that hit. Um, it is unclear. It is it isn't announced what his penalty is, but I assume he'll be suspended for at least two games. I'd say maybe well, three. I, I would assume that Tom Wilson for his neon neon corner Sherry was going to get suspended. And yeah, he didn't get that twenty four hundred dollar fine. You look at the replay. Yeah. The guy's going to the bench. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nowhere near him. The puck is nowhere near him. He just it wasn't even called leg. either. He just sticks his layout. No penalty on the play. He got away with it. Yeah. And he just sticks his layout and then goes right to the bench. And it was like right at Connor Sheary. Like, yeah. Like, we all knew that he was. It, it looked like it was targeted. It, yeah. Uh, and I don't see how he doesn't get suspended on that play. I don't see what defense, you know, the NHL can use to justify why he didn't get suspended. I I thought they got it wrong there, so we'll see what they rule on Orpic. Yeah, that, that is true. I I mean, and he wasn't even a call to. Uh, he wasn't even 
penalized even no, for that. No, there was no penalty on the play. And, yeah. and I've seen big suspensions where there's no penalty called on the play. But I think I think Brooks Orpik will be uh will there's something gonna happen. He may not I think he's gonna be suspended at least a game. Uh, yeah. he should be more it should be more because I felt like that was even worse than what Tom Wilson what happened with Tom Wilson but because um, he like Brooks Orpid blindsided and um so I think that there'll be more, and that's going to be a tough loss for the Capitals because he's been good for them. Um, so um, we'll see. Um, all right, let's go to the West Coast or the Western Conference. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess we'll start with the Central Division and the big news. Um, so I was wrong. I think you were wrong too. The Blackhawks are were eliminated and the uh, Blues won. Uh, they finally, they finally uh, uh, beat the Blackhawks. It wasn't easy. They did it in seven, but they did do it. Um, but uh, I heard the stats, so let me see if you, uh, you can probably figure it out. But since 2010, when the Blackhawks first won their Stanley Cup in this, you know, this dynasty, yeah, um, we can call it a dynasty. Yeah. What has who? What team has been the only team to beat the Blackhawks in less than seven games? In less than seven games, I think since twenty, it was. They were then called the Phoenix Coyotes. Yep, and that was <laughs> back in twenty twelve. I think when they made that run. To the yep, it was twenty twelve. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting step. You could probably figure it out it if you're like... Six, it took them six games. Yeah, yeah. Because if you were probably like, oh, okay, so 2010 they won, 2011 they lost to Vancouver, then 20... I think that was yeah. the year when Hosa got, got uh, upended yeah. by Torres. Yeah, that was a big part of it too, yeah. But uh, I thought that was an interesting stat that, like, you know, they either lose in this uh, game seven or they... You know they win the Stanley Cup, except for that one year. Um, so that that's um, I don't think they're in too much trouble. Um, no. I mean, I as long it was going to be in, in a lot of hot water if they lost, now it'd be Ken Hitchcock. Yeah, 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 that's true. Like he needed that win. He did. Um, that's true. Uh, but uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't think they're in too much trouble. I do know they have to like. Now they have like they're over and penalties because of that whole Panarin thing, um, where like I guess like he got more points than in his contract, and that means that they have to pay him a little bit more, um, in his contract. But, um, but I don't think they're ever in a bad deal. It's kind of like they're in the Patriots zone where like you don't really yeah. question anything. They're, they're always going to be right up. They're there. always going to be good. Yeah, as long as they have their core in place, which is Kane, Taze, and Keith, um, and Crawford. Uh, so the uh, so yeah, so the Blues and Stars are now in. Um, it was kind of surprising. Uh, I think, I think yeah, it was kind of surprising that the Stars. Because I think a lot of people were saying that the Blues and the Blackhawks were going to beat the Stars, whoever was um, going to make it into the second round. The Stars, like, you know, it took a while to beat the Wild, but um, they did win game one. They almost blew it in game six. They almost blew it. They did win game one against the Blues, although it was at home. I think Sagan's going to come back um, in game three. 
um, or that's what the reports are. It's it's probably not going to happen. It may not happen, but those have been the reports. So, um, so they may get him that, but even still, it's going to be kind of tough on uh, just because of the whole goaltending issue. That's it's been a little shaky for them. But I mean, Kara Lennon played well in Game One. Um, so, um, I don't know. I could see the Stars beating the Blues uh, to make it into the next round, but if I don't they, know. If they get timely goaltending, yeah, I I think uh, I think the Stars could win. Yeah, their defense is going to be their be all and end all. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's what it all hinges on is if the defense and goaltending is good enough. Because obviously their offense is good enough, but uh, their defense may not be. Um, I would yeah. like to see a lot more of John Klingberg, though. He's he's been he's been starting to pick it up, but still, I I I think he's been relatively quiet so far in the playoffs. He hasn't really. I don't think he's really turned any heads like like he did in, in his first couple of months in the league. Um, uh, yeah, he hasn't been. He's been kind of quiet lately um, yeah. in the playoffs. It's, but it's been all Jamie Benn and Jason Spezza and yeah. Pat Sharp and everyone else for the most part. So true. Um, he's the guy I look to. Just yeah, uh, the Blues they got help from Troy Brower in the last sentence. That Oshi for uh, Brower. Trade it worked out for both teams. Yeah, uh, Brower as well because you know, that's said, it's yeah. a former Blackhawk getting them not, uh, knocking them out. Too. Yeah, that's it's true. A game winner in, in Game Seven, and that's what yeah. you need. You need guys outside of your stars to step up. Like yeah, and, and good speak- on Brower for doing that, and good on Brian Elliott. We've talked about how many times he's been snubbed for the other guy. Yeah, he was snubbed for Yarolak, snubbed for Ryan Miller for a time. He was snubbed by Jake Allen. This is his time. This yeah. is. This is his moment, and he seized it against Chicago. Yeah. And even though they lost game one, he played pretty well against Dallas. Yeah, so speaking of stars not being, uh, you know, uh, the Blues players not being as great, there's always there's been this huge controversy where Tarasenko hasn't been getting as, many, as much ice time as he should for a star player like that. Um, like, I think he had 14 minutes um, in game seven. Um, he had 21 minutes uh, in game one, so that's not too bad. But um, it was kind of like I feel like that would have been the end all be all if like because uh, there was like this whole like after game six, uh, Tarasenko like you could see him giving the cold shoulder to Hitchcock, so that would have um, and that would have sparked some uh, intrigue if. Um, if uh, Tarasenko, like, you know, if Hitchcock would have probably been gone if um, Game 7, and that would have been one of the reasons. You look at um, how, how he was able to still score goals against the Blackhawks, and you look at Dallas's defense. Yeah, but they still... He's off, st- off and on. If, if they're that vulnerable, you put him on the ice as often as you can if you yeah. think that puck's going in. Yeah, I mean, even still, though, he had 14 minutes compared to, like, he wasn't... I don't think he was, like... That's like a third line minute kind of thing, yeah. not like your star player. You you should put him in, especially for Game Seven. You should put him in. Um, so I don't know. I felt like that was crazy, but um, but yeah. So you got twenty one minutes last game. We'll see what he, we'll we'll keep track of that. Uh, but that that was definitely interesting when you're like, wait, why isn't Tarasenko playing? I mean, I understand, like, the Blackhawks' defense is good, but you want your best players out there. 
um, for the entire time. So, um, so I was thinking maybe he was like he he was injured and they just didn't want to disclose it, or they wanted to disclose it because they didn't want to say like, hey, we're not going to have Tarasenko. Um, but um, now here, here's here's another question because teams I have. tend to do that. Here's another question yep. I have. They got by round one. Yep. They've done something that they haven't done before under the Ken Hitchcock regime. Mm-hmm. If they lose in round two, does he come back for another year, or is he still gone, in your opinion? Um, It depends on how many games they win. If it's like or, a sw- how many, or how they lose maybe this series, even. Well, if yeah, it, but if, I mean, if, I'm if saying like if they if they get maybe the Blackhawks in seven, then they get swept by the Stars. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was saying. Yeah, if they get swept by the Stars, then yeah. But if it's like a game, if they lose in Game Seven um, to the Stars, then yeah, probably not. I would say. Um, yeah, that is an interesting question. I think. More or less, his his job is safe now. Hitch's job is safe, but I'm not entirely sure yet. Yeah, I I, I think um, yeah. I think the pressure's been taken off him just a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I do. I think I think in order to really secure his place on the team next mm-hmm. year, I think the Blues need to go a bit deeper. Yep. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go to the next round. Speaking of coaches who've been fired, uh, we will talk about Boudreaux in a minute. But we, we will talk about, so the Ducks um, lost Game 7 to the Predators, yet another Game 7 uh, for Boudreaux. I think this is his fourth consecutive Game 7 that he lost. At home on all. At home, yep. Uh, I mean, this wasn't entirely Boudreaux's fault, I would no, say. it was um, It was Perry more, didn't score. Yeah, this Perry series, didn't score. Um, a lot of, Getzlav was okay, but he wasn't yeah. great. Uh, Kessler didn't help much. Uh, Silverberg, a lot of their secondary scoring guys didn't really perform as well. I mean, I know Pekka Rene is Pekka Rene, but you know you still <laughs> you still need those guys. Uh, Frederick Anderson played okay as well, but it just wasn't enough. Um, I thought they would put John Gibson in more than Frederick Anderson, but now the Ducks have something to think about. Because I believe, let me just check General Thanager, their page. Because I believe um, Frederick Anderson, um, Frederick Anderson, John Gibson, Cam Fowler, I think. Hold on. Um, They have a lot of UFAs. So uh, Perron, McGinn, uh, Horkoff, Stewart, Kudobin is a UFA. John, oh yeah, John Gibson isn't an RFA, but Frederick Anderson is an RFA. Um, Lindholm's going to be an RFA. Vadanin's going to be an RFA. Brandon Peary, R- Ricard Raquel is going to be an RFA. So they have a lot of uh, you know players to work around with, but they also have a couple of UFAs, so they could they do have a lot of cap space um, to afford those guys. Um, Perron is a UFA, as I think I mentioned, McGinn, uh, Horkoff, Chris Stewart, um, Corabazon, Holzer. Corbinian Holzer. Yeah, <laughs> I butchered that name. Uh, Kudovan's a UFA, which they're probably not going to keep. Yeah. So, 
I mean, I guess they're okay, but still, they have a they have a couple of restricted free agents that could um, that could affect them if they don't sign them. But um, with uh, Vannon and Lindholm and Anderson, but um, yeah, so I I don't know. I thought that was uh, so. Yeah, the Ducks. I guess it's not surprising. Well, actually, no. it was it was pretty surprising. The Ducks. Um, got out that early, especially since they uh, won the division um, on the last day. Um, and, and, yeah, and see, they outshot Anaheim. Like you look at the shot clock, and they grossly, uh, or sorry, they, they, you know, Anaheim grossly outshot Nashville. Yeah. Is what I meant to say, Ottawa <laughs> Ice. They could yeah. not finish. That's the thing. The teams that know how to win, they finish their chances yeah. when it matters, and they couldn't do that. And but like, wrongly, yeah. the coach is going to be. The fingers are pouring at the coach all the time. Yeah. Because but, you look at the team that they had. You look at the depth they had. They added Kevin Bieksa. They already had Ryan Kessler. Mm-hmm. That was a team made for going deep. And they almost went to the finals last year. Mm-hmm. You go from basically that team and a couple of improvements, and they're out in round one. Yeah. Even if Pecorino stands on his head, people are going to look for change. But all the credit... And, and Bob McKenzie of TSN yeah. said... The Ducks had to fire Bruce Brujo. They, yeah. they they couldn't just go in the offseason, yeah, we're going to keep the same yeah, guys, yeah. same team, same coach, and, you know, get ready to, you know, uh, cough up the money, get your season tickets back, <laughs> and and uh, ready to roll for this year because, you know, the fear same thing might happen. And, and that's not how you run a franchise, and they need to send a message. And unfortunately, that message involves yeah. Bruce Brujo getting shown the door. But now the other question is, okay, who are you going to hire? Right. Is he better than Bruce Brudrow? Well, we'll talk about that in a we'll talk about that in a minute when we go into the rapid fire. But uh, but credit should be gone gone to uh, the Predators. Colin Wilson, Ryan Johansson uh, played pretty well um, for them. James Neal and Philip Forsberg still hasn't uh, performed to what they're expected of, but Forsberg in particular. Yeah, Forsberg in particular, uh, James Neal even, he had, I think he only had like one point in that series or something, but um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so the credits should go to the Predators, um, it's been a long time coming for them, I feel and, like. And you look at the polar opposite, Pierre Laviolette, in his career, he's 5-1 yeah. in Game 7. Yeah, that's true too. So, a guy who knows how to win Game yeah, 7. Yeah, yeah, so um, right uh, let's talk about the Predators and Sharks, it may not even matter, because uh, the Sharks look really good um yeah. like really good well, in game one um, especially joel yeah. ward again clutch in the playoffs yeah he, he scored a couple of clutch yeah they have a lot they have a lot of guys in 2012 yeah they have a lot of guys there uh they have you know pavaleski brent burns um has picked up their game uh logan couture even um that whole line with couture ward and um don Squay, um that's been a dynamite line for them um, you know, like, you know, everyone expected that the King Sharks series would go to seven. Um, you know, some, uh, <clears throat> me, I had the Kings going all the way, but yeah. the, uh, you know, the Sharks beat them in five, which is kind of crazy. So they, they are, they are pretty good. Um, it is kind of funny though, that the one year the Sharks don't choke and actually look good. The Bruins have their first round draft pick, so um, <laughs> it's unfortunate for me. But at this point, I'm like I'm rooting for the Sharks just because it's 
you know, it's a good story, but at the same time, I'm like, and it's not like, like, the range from, like, I think it would be a 22 pick if they lost right now, and it would be, you know, it would be later. I don't think the range from, like, a 22 round pick to uh, later in the rounds, I don't know if it will make that much of a difference, but it's still, uh, it is still kind of funny that, like, it's just the Bruins' luck, I guess. Um, but yeah, so enough about the Bruins. Uh, the, yeah, so the Sharks look good. Martin Jones looks good. Uh, could have been a Bruin. <laughs> yeah, could have been a Bruin. Um, I, I walked into that. I walked into that one. But yeah, they, uh, you know, they look good. I, I could see, I could see the Shark, like this, this series not being as, um, Either way you look at it, yeah. you're going to look at a team that I don't think too many people predicted to reach the conference finals. Right, just because of past history. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. It would be funny, though, if Predators do win, and that means they'd be the Pacific Division champions, um, and they're not even in there. Um, that's the same. That's the same with the. That's the same with the Islanders. Um, if they win, they'll well, be the actually Central. Central, but yeah. Well, yeah, but that—that's the point. They're in the—they're in the Pacific. Um, they're in the Pacific uh, bracket. So if they win, well, they get yeah, the kind of sort of yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the same with the it's Islanders. The Pacific, yeah. That's the same with the Islanders. If they beat the Lightning, they'll yeah. be the—they'll be technically they're the Atlantic Division I representative. How that was going to work out? You know what happens yeah. if you know battling for the division title and you got an outsider in your division? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. technically, those two teams could be the yeah they could win the divi- quote unquote win the division, even though they're not in the division. Um, but yeah, that that should be an interesting series too. Although because I think those two teams have been bad in the playoffs, so it's like at least one of them is guaranteed a spot in the Western Conference Finals. So that should be an interesting thing. That's the same for the Blues and the Stars. Although the Stars won in '99, it's it's been a long time coming for them. Yeah, I think every it's I, it's, it's kind yeah. of interesting for San Jose because you know that that commanding win they came that yeah. came on home ice, and we all rant and rave much like your Bruins about how yeah. good this team has been on the road, and this team needs to take <laughs> advantage at home. And, and yeah. I, I, it looked like that was a statement game for them. Right, that's true. Yeah, they haven't been great on the on the home ice, but and not just this year and in previous years. Yeah, true. Um, but um, yeah, I was just thinking about in terms of like, except for the Penguins and the Lightning, I don't think any of these teams that are in it have won in a long time. The Stars and the Islanders won, uh, you know, in the 19, you know, in the last century, but, um, but, um, so I think it's, it's interesting that there will probably, like, if the Blues, Predators, Sharks, or Capitals win, it'll be, like, the first time in their franchise history. So that's, that's going to be exciting from that perspective. Um, yeah, if that's, that happens. That's, that's true. That's true when you think about it, because the Pittsburgh Penguins and and the Tampa Bay Lightning, out of the teams that are still alive, they're the only ones that have won a Stanley Cup in yeah in, 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 in this uh, century. Century, yeah, yeah. Um, so that that would be nice. You're right. <laughs> and and the Lightning won it in '04, and that was 12 yeah. years ago, which right yeah, hard to believe it's been 12 years. Yeah, and the Penguins won in 2009, which wasn't yeah. that long ago either, but. 
which was pretty long ago in like hockey years. Um, but yeah, um, so I guess we'll do rapid fire. Boudreaux is fired. I believe the favorite to get them is your team, the Ottawa Senators. But well, um, I would imagine they're pre- he's pretty high on their list. Yeah, um, I'd imagine so. I I assume they'd wait. I know that I th- apparently I was reading that like the last time Boudreaux was fired. He was fired from the Capitals like he was hired the next day by the Ducks. Yeah, um, he's not going to be unemployed for long. Um, I, it's usually, like, not, like, I think it's not, like, technically, yeah. like, kosher to, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but it's not politically correct to do that, like, to hire them when playoffs are going, but... Well, yeah, um, and, that's, and that's the thing, because... Boudreaux, the last time he was fired, that happened mid-season. Right. So the Ducks, you know, they obviously had time to make that coach decision. Uh, Whereas, you know, right in the middle of the playoffs, you know, teams, you know, are still wondering, you know, what are going to (laughs) happen to some of the other coaches, like if if the Blues lose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it it won't, it it definitely, we know for a fact, it won't take more than a day. A couple of days have passed since Mm -hmm. Boudreaux's been fired and he's still out there. But, um, at least at last check, you know, that could change when you're yeah, yeah. on podcast, but, um, it, I, I don't expect him to be unemployed for that long. You're right about that. Maybe, but, maybe a couple of weeks, but I don't see the sense waiting on anyone else. Right. They have a candidate that can bring, maybe the they don't need a coach right now to win a game seven. They need a consistent playoff team. And you yeah. look at Bruce Boudreaux's regular season numbers and they speak for themselves. True. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, I guess you just worry about his whole, um, and, and I his think whole playoff also, experience. But, yeah, and I think they also want a lot of solution. They, they, yeah. The next coach they are, they want to get it right. I think the I think the Senators just want to get into the playoffs or yeah. be consistently in the it playoffs. It all depends on where their priorities lie, yeah. where Pierre Dorian's priorities lie. And I'm yeah. sure he's playing all his options, but you can be sure Boudreaux is on that list. Yeah, yeah. I assume they're also waiting. If, let's say, Hitchcock does get fired, um, then they'll probably consider him too. Um, but, yeah, so the I don't know who the Ducks will probably pick up. It's one of those weird years where, like, I feel like there aren't that many great coaches around. Yeah. Um, I know Dallas Eakins is the AHL guy. I don't think he's going to be called up yet. I know he's been okay in the AHL for them. but um, He was great with the Marlies, too, but then he yeah. was Edmonton. I don't know if it's going to translate great, um, but we'll see. He might get another shot. Um just because he knows the guys better and it's in this system instead of, like, you know, like, if let's say if... I feel like if Aikens became the Maple Leafs coach instead of the Oilers coach because he was... He knew the guys in the Marlies. Um, it may have been better for him, but, um, <laughs> you know, that was a disaster when he was the Oilers coach, so who knows. And you, and you look at Dave Cameron, when he became the coach, he knew a lot of the guys from the yeah. AHL and um, or like Mike Sullivan, well, them, yeah, yeah, and 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 you look at, um, uh, you know, there 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 are, there are a lot of other guys that have coached in the AHL, like Corey Cluson, he was coaching the AHL mm-hmm. for a while, and then he was hired by Ottawa, only lasted a couple of seasons, so 
it's, it's sometimes it'll lead to success, other times not so much. Right. So yeah, I think they're, they're, they're going to take. Uh, Pierre Dorian made it very clear they're going to take the best guy available, <laughs> and, and and if they see someone that has doesn't have NHL experience that you know they got to have, then they'll consider hiring. So yeah. Whoever um, they think is going to get him the most long-term success or whoever they think will get him that far is the guy they're going to go right. with. That's um, it. Well, I wasn't talking about Pierre Dorian. I was talking about... Or, or any coach. Yeah, yeah. I was, coach, sure. I was talking about... Yeah, I was thinking just in terms of the Ducks. But, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Maybe Brian Murray may not be uh, the GM, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's always interesting to see what the coaching carousel will go to. Um, so, last year, the Mike Babcock, or Toronto, won the Babcock sweepstakes. And this year, they won the lottery. Um, so, they won the Austin Matthews sweepstakes. Um, it went Toronto, Winnipeg, Columbus, which means they pushed out, Winnipeg and Columbus pushed out Edmonton and Vancouver to four and five. And um, Calgary, I think, fell down one or two spots as well. Yeah, a couple of teams, uh, I think call, a couple of those teams f- fell down a bit. Um, but uh, but those were the two big ones that fell. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the whole world would have crashed if Edmonton won again. Yeah. Um, even if they won one of those three spots, they would have, it would have uh, been bad for them. But um, they're, they're, the, the priceless uh, comment from Brian Burke said it all. Yeah. I'm going to beat the living snot out of somebody if Edmonton wins the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know. That was funny. Yeah, um, he, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't called, know. Yeah. I called two-thirds of it, by the way. Yeah. I said Columbus would get the second, Edmonton would get the first, and Leafs would get the third. Well, yeah. Columbus and Toronto were in the top three. I and think you're on Winnipeg for getting a yeah. top pick. I'm so I bad. think I think I was also two for three because I think I got Columbus in Toronto. I'm not entirely. I forget. No, <laughs> I forget who I. I did have Columbus though. Um. So, but um. Yeah. But poor Vancouver though. I know as a Bruins fan, that's kind of weird to say, but uh, they they went they would have been the third spot, but they went all the way to fifth. Um. So that's sad for them. I feel like Edmonton will probably... They could trade uh, their pick. Um, I could see that happening, unless they want to draft Chikrin. Um, but, um, I'd be shocked if they draft another four. They need yeah. a defenseman this time. But that's why they would trade their pick, just so yeah. that they could... you Because know, there, there's like four huge forwards. Matthews, uh, Pulpar... Pupuvarvi. I'm never gonna get that. I'm never gonna get that name correct. Lane and Kachuk. Um, so I feel like if someone wants Kachuk, um, Edmonton will probably try to trade that to get what they want. It's tough um, to evaluate Matt Kachuk because yeah. he's a talented player, but he plays on a very talented team that has Mitch Marner and Christian Dvorak. On. Yeah. And, then, uh, and the question is, you know, how much of that is Mitch Marner and Christian Dvorak be on the same team as Matt Kachuk? Yeah. Um, true. Um, so one of these, um, so yeah, so it's good for Winnipeg, good for Columbus, great for Toronto. Oddly, as a Bruins fan, I'm oddly okay with Toronto getting Matthews. Um, it'll be interesting too with Eichel and Matthews being in the same division. 
Um, the two American hopefuls um, will play each other a lot. Um, but yeah, it's good. Winnipeg will be even more stacked than they are in their prospect pool. Um, I think they have like Shifley, they have Connor, um, they'll probably have Patrick Lane. I would assume that's who they're drafting. Um, I was I was listening to an interview that he did with Sports, and I don't know if how much of it was him being shy or in his living in his own little world. But he like who are we talking about? Sounds, Patrick Lane. Sounds, Patrick Lane. He sounds like a guy that that kind of has a little bit a little bit of an a little bit of an ego, and mm. and just you know really likes to be the rock star, and he's kind of. And you know, I didn't get that. Armalar kind of mentioned that rock star thing. He's yeah. like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel a little cool. And he's he says he's know what he's capable of. But you gotta remember, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, that the ego doesn't get to your head. Otherwise, mm. you might have a Vander Kane 2.0 on your hands. And that, I don't rightly, know. Rightly or wrongly, <laughs> that's you know, when I when I look at conversations like that, maybe it's you know. A first impression, you know, too quick to judge. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, we're all. I didn't get that sense. Judge, yeah. There, but it, it's something, it's something that's going to stick in my mind for a while until I really see him play and really see him with the team. But, um, yeah. well, I, I don't. I, I didn't get I, that. I'm, I'm almost torn if if Pooley Arby should go before Patrick Lanny, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, we'll see when we. Well, I was just gonna say when we when I I saw that interview where he was like lying on a bed with the yeah. headphones on, I I didn't get that sense that he had an ego. I I thought it was Maybe really awkward. What? Maybe a little bit laid back. Yeah, but I mean that's not a bad thing, really. No. Um, especially for like a hockey player, you kind of yeah. you don't want your player to be heated all the time. Uh, but uh, so. I mean, that's not a bad thing, but I, I thought that was a really awkward interview, uh, just from the standpoint that it was, like, FaceTiming, he had, like, headphones on, it looked like he was on a bed or whatever. But, um, yeah, I guess that, that'll probably stick with you. It's going to be, um, I'm going to, as, I don't know if people know, but I don't really know too much about these prospects, but I kind of want to do a mock draft of the first round, just to see if I can get them all correct or not. Yeah, I'm, I doubt I'm gonna get any. Um, like I'll probably get like four correct, but <laughs> I'll try to. I'm gonna actually try this time to actually do like okay, I have this, that, and that. But we'll do. We'll probably do a draft podcast um, when it's time. Um, um, speaking of which, we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't mention the Bruins and Sens at least one time. Yeah, Ottawa is slated to go twelve. Boston is slated to go fourteen. Yeah, and we can that, do that is where they stood before the lottery took place. So no changes there. Right. Um, and, and also Austin Matthews. Talk about Austin Matthews. They also chat with them at least two or three different times throughout the oh, show. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a little bit overkill. I mean, I thought <laughs> once or twice would be enough. Right. Uh, but they caught up with him again during the second intermission, you know, looking all serious ahead of the World Hockey Championships. I don't blame him. But Connor yeah. McDavid apparently gave him some advice. He said, just smile no matter what. Yeah, because this whole thing, you know, he says was stressful for me, was stressful for my family as well. You know, not knowing who was going to get the first overall pick, and you know, just just yeah. no matter what, take the high road. Yeah, from that perspective, it's always like, um, you know, like this, like your, like this guy's future is decided just yeah. on how like a, a couple of ping pong balls are, yeah. you know, um, are cycled. 
So from that perspective, yeah, that makes sense. And obviously it's kind of funny too, when you remember back to the last year's lottery where like McDavid hardly smiled. Um, so maybe he's teaching uh, Matthews that like, you shouldn't be, you know, you should just smile no matter what. Cause then people will be like, maybe he doesn't want to be in yeah, Edmonton. Exactly. You know? That's exactly so. What- that's yeah, exactly, uh, what, uh, I think there's still like some people who are like, does Matthews want to be in Toronto? Um, because you know maybe he'll have to deal with Steve Simmons or uh, something like that. But well, um, and, you, and you mentioned several other times in this podcast. I wonder if you still feel this way. The least draft Austin Matthews is oh, not yeah. on automatic lock that Stamkos is heading their way too. Um, I think it's interesting for Stamkos. To do it, but now that I because think he, about, you look at him. Yeah, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie yeah. Nylander. Yeah, I did. I did say right. this in the past episode. I, I'm now not sure because I think Stamkos wants to be like you were saying. I think Stamkos wants to be on a team that's going to contend right away. Yeah. Um, if he does go, um, and I think he also wants to be like, the center. He's not going to be, like, I think he he doesn't, he wants to be, like, he doesn't want to be, like, on a coattails of another player. He wants to be the guy, which he feels like, he may not feel like he is in Tampa. So, um, so I feel like if he goes to Toronto, he's going to be, like, he's going to be the mentor role instead of being the star, which I'm not sure if that's what he would want. Yeah, um, exactly. And, so and on, I, I've stayed all along. Why would yeah. you leave Tampa? So right, from that perspective, right I'm not counting it out yet because. But you, 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 you but I, I, but I. The, the possibility that it's not as rare as you once thought it was. Yeah, upon thinking about it more, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But whatever, it could happen. Um. So, uh, so, so speaking of Bruins and Sens news, um, two of our stars got nominated. We'll talk more about this later in the year when the NHL awards actually happen, but they were there have been some nominations for big awards. I think assume I think only like the Hart Trophy um, hasn't been hasn't announced their nominations yet. But they're probably I would assume they're going to wait till the end of the season for that. Do they usually do that? I, I forget when they sure, usually do. I know they usually they, announce they, them during the playoffs. On how much they but I always, the playoffs I always thought they announced these like during the Stanley Cup Finals. I feel like yeah, this this has been here. interesting yeah. earlier. But uh, so the Selkie nominations: Bergeron, Kopitar, and Kessler. Um, so yeah, Bergeron would be going for his third consecutive Selkie. Taze uh, didn't make it, or Datsuk didn't make it, because those are usually the big um, three, but uh, Kopitar and Kessler have a good chance, too, though. Uh, do you, do you, uh, I think it's a toss-up between Bergeron and Kopitar. At this yeah, point. I agree I mean, with Kessler's that. Kessler's good, but, you know, this is a team Not, that gets laughing period. Yeah, Bergeron's I, one of the studs, and, and Kopitar, you know, he's basically one of the go-to guys in L.A. right now, so. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's a toss-up between those two. I agree with that, Um I mean, I, I will, this is all I have, so I hope Bergeron wins. But um, I could, I could see Kopitar. Um, he needs, uh, he he deserves some, at least some recognition. Um, the Norris Trophy nominations are uh, Eric Carlson, Dowdy, and Burns. 
This has been actually quite some debate because people are saying that Dowdy, like Carlson doesn't play defense and Dowdy does, and that makes the difference. But um, I don't know. That was. Uh, Brent Burns is Carlson's biggest competition. I'd I'd still give it to Carlson uh, just because like he had like sixty points for a defenseman. That's like unheard of. Assists, yeah. Oh, that's or yeah. That's tournament system, elite company. Yeah, and that's that's unheard of. And I think I mean like same in the points department too. Like the last person to have eighty points in a season was some guy named Nick Lindstrom, and he won a bunch of. Yeah, he's he's decent, I guess. Um, Yeah, Yeah, he won a couple of cups too. No big deal. No big deal. Um, but, uh, Burns had more points than Dowdy this year, right? and he's also on a team that's in the, the a second round spot yeah. that beat the Kings. But this was, this was not, but this was the, the they, uh, did, they put the voting in before the playoffs. So. Before the playoffs, I understand that, but I, I would think in a head-to-head matchup, Drew Dowdy was a minus five in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think, but that's that, that's think hindsight bias, though. I think led his team in, in playoff scoring, or it's tied for the I think it's scoring. That's that's like hindsight bias, though. I feel that, like that's true, but <laughs> I I, I don't know. That's I'm I'm just making the argument that Brett Burns should be ahead of Drew Doughty in this conversation. I don't for this, uh, for this year at least. I don't think that's going to happen, though. But I I that's think I think it's Carlson and Doughty who are going to be the two big yeah. ones. But um. Okay. Likely a and, and I think between those two, I think I think Dowdy plays better defense, but yeah. I think Carlson deserves it more. Um, I know the Norris Trophy is supposed to be like, you know, the best defenseman, but at and the same the time, Carlson. And that's what the big debate is about. Yeah. Is. But at the same time, like guys like Bobby Orr, um, yeah. who has like you know redefined the position and made it more of an offensive role. Um, so, in that sense, yeah, I guess you're, you know, you're, de- uh, you know, a defenseman sh- could, you know, be more of a a fourth forward, but, um, you know, also <laughs> maybe block some shots sometimes or have a better plus minus, but and and I don't know. Burns was was instrumental to the Sharks' success. This was a yeah. team again, like we said in previous podcasts, that probably not too many people expected to go in the playoffs. Yeah. And now they're in the second round, and he's been a big part of not only their regular season success but their playoff success as well. Even though they probably don't factor the playoff success that much, but right. it, I I think he should be getting a lot more credit and, yeah. and a lot more praise than than what he's been getting as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I can see that. Um, I, I, I'd make a legit conversation for him to win it. I really do. If okay. Carlson doesn't win it, I think it should be Burns, but I, I know a lot of other people. I was kind of surprised, though, just, that, like... Just for this year. Just for I, this year. I was surprised that Latang wasn't nominated. He should yeah. be nominated. I know he didn't play great the first half, but he should be nominated. Um, and I think uh, there was another one who I was thinking... Oh, John Carlson. Although, I guess he was injured for most of the year, but... I thought he should be nominated at least too, but or, or just getting some recognition. But I guess I'm okay with the Carlson Dowdy Burns um, pairing. Uh, let's go to Vezina nomination. Speaking of shockers, uh, so Holpe's not a shocker. Bishop's not really a shocker either. But Quick is a shocker. Um, he's not a bad goaltender. Don't get me wrong, but I thought Corey Schneider should definitely be in his place. Um, or um, even John Gibson, um, 
Yeah, someone like that. I feel like you're out. Yeah, I. You know what? It's it's tough to argue with those three, but you. I would. I agree with you. I think you can make a real solid case for Corey Schneider. But yep. you look at the Devils. The fact is, they they didn't make the playoffs, and the final two or three weeks, that injury really um, dampened their chances yep. of making the playoffs, rightly or wrongly, and that I think negatively affected Corey Schneider's chances of getting yep. the nomination. But I don't John think Gibson mid season he came in. And he was yeah. a big part of the Ducks' success as well. And and I think probably should have gotten more consideration. But you look at a, a guy like Jonathan Quick coming off uh, a season last, uh, the previous year, where they missed the playoffs. Yeah. And you get the Kings right, and he helps the Kings get back to where they were. He's right up there, top five, top 10, GAA, save percentage, yeah. and all that. And another 30 plus win season. It's, it's really tough to not. It's really tough or to even, say no to Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Like or that. even, I guess Gibson isn't that great of an example. Maybe like Luongo. Um, yeah. Luongo, or too. Or Martin Jones. Um, yeah, Martin Jones. But, yeah it's, yeah, it's really tough to argue with Holtby Bishop and yeah. Quick. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it matters. It's strong cases for a lot of other yeah. I don't think I don't think it matters too much, considering I think Holtby has this in the bag. But, yeah. Um, but... I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't know if Quick would be the right choice um, for this, but whatever. Um, Lady Bing nominations, these are kind of, <laughs> these are kind of weird awards, though, but Louis Erickson, Anse Kopitar is fighting another Bruin, um, and Alexander Barkov are Lady Bing guys. Um, I don't know, this is, it's a, I don't really like the Lady Bing. Um, it's kind of a useless award for him, but. I'm going with Barkov here. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it is kind of weird though, but I mean, I hope it's Louis, but it could be, I don't know. He's probably not going to be a Bruin by this time. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think um, Barkov though, like you look yeah. at the success he had, like he, a big part of Florida's success is he yeah. really stepped up his game. Uh, so I, I, I would love to see Barkov win it, but yeah. I think, I think there's, but it is a useless maybe. award though, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely one of those awards where you go, yeah. Right. Um, Alex Radulov, who um, used to be on the Predators, but then like kind of was lazy and um, didn't really play well for the Predators. Um, he he character said, issues. yeah, character issues. He said that he's going to play in the NHL next season for a third time. For a third time. Uh, David Poyle, the uh, Predators GM, has already said that he's they're not going to sign him. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, yeah. He, if you want his rights, you can. I, uh, there's rumors that he's going to Colorado because I guess he has connections <laughs> with uh, Patrick Waugh. Um, so that could, that could be interesting. Well, actually, yeah, because he played for the Quebec Ramparts. Yeah, that's right. That's so why he has a connection with Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Um, so that that's the that's the front runner, but um, he could technically go to any team. Um, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I guess we, I, I think we're running out of time, but we could you could talk about the CHL for a bit yeah. if you want to. Um, <laughs> so we do know who's squaring off in the finals. Um, the Niagara Ice Dogs, I told you about Memorial this. Cup. If they get by the second round, they're going to be really, really dangerous. Well, the Ottawa 67s, they lost in a five-game series. They were able to beat Niagara once. To this, at this point where I'm talking to you, 
they're the only team to solve Niagara in this postseason because they swept the Kingston Frontenacs, possibly one of the, the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference this year. They swept them in four straight. Even though all games were close, they swept them in four straight, did the same with the Barry Colts, and now they're facing the London Knights who took care of the Erie Otters in, I don't think it was even five games. It might have been four, but it didn't take them long to take out the Erie Otters. So Niagara Ice Dogs versus the London Knights, one of those two are off to the Memorial Cup, uh, and that best of seven series will probably get underway uh, by the time you're listening to this podcast. So mm-hmm. that should be an interesting series. Uh, you got one of the best goalies in the OHL, Alex Nadelkovich, for the Ice Dogs, and a lot of uh, interesting uh, personalities on the Ice Dogs roster. Josh Osang at the top of the list, facing off against uh, the trifecta that is Christian Dvorak, Mitch Marner, and Matt Kachuk. Uh, so that should be a fun series to watch. Um, but uh, Lon- London, if you remember, cor- if I don't know if you remember this, but Mitch Marner scored an unbelievable goal against the Ice Dogs with Nadelkovich in net during the regular season. And I think that's going to stick out in a lot of people's minds uh, before the series gets underway. Uh, meanwhile, in the WHL, we also know who's squaring off. And the Red Deer Rebels, who are hosting this year's Memorial Cup, they're already in. They lost to the Brandon Wheat Kings in five games, uh, which means that the Rebels are done until the Memorial Cup starts, which means, unfortunately, that the winner of the Kelowna-Seattle series... Uh, is not automatically going to the Memorial Cup. They are going to be facing the Brandon Wheat Kings, who um, were probably one of the top teams in the country this year. Uh, The Kelowna Rockets, who, as I mentioned previously, were one goal away from winning it all last year in the Memorial Cup, but lost to the Generals. Um, They were actually very, very close to uh, keeping their series with Seattle alive. They were down, uh, I think it was three games to none. Uh, And... They were up 4-2 to two with less than a minute and a half left in the third, despite getting outshot badly. Uh, Seattle comes out of nowhere, ties it with three seconds left, and win it in double overtime, and they will play the Brandon Weekings in the finals. Uh, interesting note about that decisive game, Seattle outshot Kelowna 76-32, to 32, if my numbers are correct, in that double overtime win. I'm just checking uh, right now. Um, Kelowna was up 2-0 after one, despite being outshot 16-8. Uh, tied at, or they're up 3-2 after two, outshot again 17-9. Um, outscored 2-1 the third and outshot 13-9. Uh, uh, despite being held scoreless, both teams in overtime, 21-5, Seattle outshot Kelowna. And then they outshot them 9-1 before winning it in overtime. And Kelowna's power play, 1-for-7 in that game uh, as well. Um, just uh, taking a look here. It's, this this is just absolutely uh, unbelievable uh, how how many pucks there were uh, uh, that Michael Herringer had to deal with in the Kelowna crease. But uh, Brandon Bow is, I believe, 11-1 and for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the playoffs this year. That was game four. So Kelowna is done. Uh, they got swept in that, that series. Uh, in the queue, we know at least one of the teams, uh, Thomas Shabbat sends prospect. Um, his team, the St. John Sea Dogs, are done as Shawinigan wins in five games. Ruin Aranda at this point, they're leading the Moncton Wildcats three games to two. 
taking a look at the scoreboard. Oh, look at that. In about less than two hours' time, they face off in Game 6 in Moncton. Ruin Miranda wins. They win this series, and they square off in the QMJHL final with Shawinigan. And that is also significant because another sense prospect, Francois Perron, he is on the Ruin Miranda Huskies. So uh, sense fans probably should uh, keep their uh, attention to yeah. uh, the Ruin Miranda Huskies. So uh, the winner of that series faces Schwinnigan in the finals. So we know who, uh, which two teams, uh, pretty much from from every league, uh, who they're going to be squaring off against uh, for a chance to play in the Memorial Cup. And the one thing we do know right from the very beginning is Red Deer is going to be hosting it. So the Rebels are in no matter what. Uh, so that is your CHL <laughs> update. Yeah. We'll we, next week. It's always, it's always long whenever you do this. I always like yeah. tune out whenever you do it. But I figure we have we might have some CHL guys who are curious. I don't know. Well, it's, it's uh, significant because a lot of CHL guys are are going to be going in the NHL draft. True. Mac Chuck of the London Knights, you mentioned, he's yeah. projected to go in the top five. Uh, you Oli Uolevi of the London Knights, a defenseman, again another top ten pick. Yeah. Uh, um, so, and Logan Brown, uh, Jeff Brown's kid, uh, the coach of the Six Sevens, his kid is also a projected top ten pick. He plays the Winter Spitfires. Yeah, so, so but, a lot um, of OHL talent that's projected to go in the top ten this year. So. Um, but, for sure. But yeah, no, I, I I I only like usually like start like paying attention when it's like the Memorial Cup, yeah, not like this round. That's usually when that's usually when most people uh, start paying attention yeah. as well. But uh, uh, whatever. Um, so, but, um, that's, uh, I think that's it for us. Um, I guess next week we'll have, like, the World Championships, and... Yeah, they get underway on uh, this coming Friday. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and it starts off with Canada-U.S., because, of course... Right. It starts off with Canada versus <laughs> the U.S. Course. That'll be an interesting show, and Austin yeah. Matthews, I believe, is going to be playing in that, oh, wow. so... I didn't even know that. Um, uh, but, um... Yeah, no Bruins sends. It feels weird doing that, doing this show without that section. But we're not, you know, there's not really Bruins sends news. Um, uh, well, but- actually, th- there is one thing. Before we go, there is there is one thing. Apparently, uh, word got out earlier this week that the Binghamton Senators. There are talks. These haven't been confirmed oh, yet, right, right. You but said they could right. be on the move, and their team reportedly, and and this is reportedly. There are some speculation that they could be moving to Belleville, Ontario. And the Belleville Bulls were an OHL team for the longest time, but um, they got moved to Hamilton this time last year, and they've been without hockey for a year. And it looks like, and it looks like that somewhere down the line, Belleville could have high-level hockey back in their market sooner rather than uh, sooner rather than later. But the big condition is. Their arena needs some major renovations before they can go any further with this. So it's probably not going to happen this year or the year after that even. But sooner than people think, there might be a professional hockey team in Belleville, Ontario. And uh, Belleville's only a couple hours drive away from Ottawa. Well, wait, don't they have the Belleville Bulls? No, I said they moved to Hamilton this time last year. Oh, I didn't so even know that. The, okay. <laughs> the Bulls have been there for a while, but only this past year uh, they... They, oh, they, they moved. moved out. Okay, I didn't so, know that. And and the and the and the fact that they didn't really have a modern day arena was a big part of that. Right, right. So 
there something tells me that's still going to be the main barrier preventing them from getting a team. But it looks like, based on what I've heard, that it won't be like that for too much longer. We'll see. But uh, if the move from Binghamton to Belleville does happen, and again, these are all reports, these are all speculations, but if it does happen, it won't happen by the start of this year, maybe not the start of next year. But again, sooner than a lot of people think, Belleville could have a hockey team again. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, something to look uh, look uh, out for as uh, we move along. All right. Uh, so, I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 30 of the yep. Listen Up Podcast. Well.